This has been a test of the emergency broadcast mullet. The cult cast. Broadcasting to your cranium. The ultimate, this is the number one health, spirituality, uh, life coaching advice podcast on the internet today. Here to help creatives enliven themselves to realize that you're not alone and to, in, to help encapsulate your spirit into a gigantic rhizome of fucking love and whatever. I don't know. Stuff as normal, as usual. I'm coming to you at the late hours of the night. Literally, I was about to jump into bed after a long day of work. But uh, we are all regimented, routine into this class society of the go-getters, of the bourgeoisie, capitalist pigs that we are, all interacting in this cross-continental game of Monopoly. Today, I would like to talk to you about every spiritual, every artist needs to have a spiritual experience. It's just a given. Every artist wants to, every artist, I'm not just talking about if you're an artist, if you're in general, a human being in general, you're a co-creator of the universe, a cosmic creator. The question is, is your, is your stuff getting off of the, uh, off of the tarmac? Are you freaking <clears throat> running your wheels? Are you spinning your wheels and not getting anywhere? Well, what, could, what you could be lacking here is a spiritual awakening, some sort of an event, a grand uh, eureka event. You know, there was that, that, that instance in Greek history when Archimedes uh, discovered how he could measure weight by sitting in a bathtub, and when he figured it out, when he dropped a, a, something into his bathtub and he saw that the water was displaced, he finally realized he could use that as a tool to measure, and he ran around naked around around Syracuse yelling, Eureka! Eureka! Ricola! It's late. And uh, did I mention that I've already worked more than 10 hours a day? Let me take out my, my retainer. I got my retainer in, I brushed my teeth, I'm ready, and now I gotta give a fucking podcast what I do to give back to the community. Oh, all right. There's always been this inkling of idea that artists are undergoing some sort of turmoil, that they're just tortured souls. I mean, Jimi Hendrix, remember he died at 27 from alcohol, uh, from alcohol, uh, alcoholism is rampant in artists, Bukowski, Hunter S. Thompson, William S. Burroughs, Stevie Ray Vaughan. You name it, any artist, there's drug abuse, there's some sort of a demon. So you want to get a demon, do you? You want to you want to sell your soul? You don't have to go so far as to sell your soul, but you're going to carry around a demon with you. So you have to make problems for yourself, and this will help you have a spiritual awakening cuz you have to delve into the darkness. You can't have an awakening unless you have first a sleepening. So go through the sleepening part of it first, and that's what I'm here to help you do is here to I'm here to put a fucking monkey on your back. True story. I have a friend. She's uh, she's a black girl, and I dated her. And she jumped on my back once, and just out of just out of just to say it, I was just like, oh, I, oh, come on, get, I, got, I feel like I got a monkey on my back. And it was meant to be a joke, purely not racist or anything like that. But uh, she was like, what? That could be taken as racist. And uh, yeah, well, whatever. I, people battle with addictions, man, and that's not to be taken lightly. Well, huh? Well, so what? How come? 
Of why are you take why are you offended not offending people who have addictions? Having a monkey on your back is a real problem. It's a real issue. And you aren't facing that. Despite whether or not you have one of your black friends on your back, it's it's a real issue. Tokenize your black friends and say, I have a black friend and I'm not racist because I have a black friend, even though I don't really have a black friend. So I just tokenizing. I just want to tokenize people. I have a Jewish friend because he's. I, 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 people should just be people. All oh, let's just reduce everybody to to their ethnic uh, skin color, their visual representations. <sighs> I, I have no. I'm not gonna put a cap on this. I mean, what I say is what I say, and I I don't know if it's a just ramblings and. Uh, racially charged ramblings, and uh, I'm sorry if you're offended by it. Uh, but okay, you got to get a monkey on your fucking back, man. And you've got to have a real monkey on your back, probably. So the best place to start would maybe to, to, you know, for the amount of people who who go through shit and who actually come out with something that's beautiful and and prolific, prosaic, profane to the max. I think there's a small minority of people who suffer through shit, who find a way to get to the to the top, to trudge through the fucking muck of of existence in order to burn a pathway to glory. So just rem- remember that that suffering is not a uh, necessary, um, you know, it's not necessary, but. More of the best art comes from suffering. But again, I mean, thinking about Salvador Dali. Look at Salvador Dali. He's probably one of the greatest artists of the 20th century. He was he was relatively bourgeois family. He, he was born in a middle class family. His dad was a, I think he was like a banker or something. And he was he's well off. Well off family in C- Catalonia. And so Dali is a great example of making your own demons. You've got to delve deep within and find your own demons and, and create them. And he just, he fell into his own world of psychosis. He tried to induce his own, his own insanity. The only, the only difference between Dali and one crazy man is Dali is not a crazy at all. He invented his own language, his own way of talking, his own way of doing things. He completely lost touch with reality. He was off of his his rocker entirely. Dolly was a pedophile down to the bone. There was uh, there's instances uh, I read a book about uh, called Dolly and I, which was about his art dealer who fucking Dolly Dolly lost it. Don't go that far to where you're touching kids, you fucking sickle wacko, Dolly. Uh, uh, but go go to the edge. Thompson talks about this. Hunter S. Thompson. The edge. You got you gotta get right on the to right to the edge. You're gonna go find your way here, right over to the edge. Ride your bike to the edge. Take take a take your freaking take your bike out in the middle of the night. Turn all the lights out and gun it to eighty. And. It's a, it's a fine line between uh, going too far and, you know, you go above well, well and beyond from what you're used to and be prosaic, be loud, prolific, stand out from the crowd. Don't, don't 
to succumb to the socialization of the of the gaze of society. It's trying to weed, whittle you down. Society will always be trying to whittle you down into something that that it wants you to be, something utilitarian that it can use, something that it can fashion into a into the fabric of of the the big grand anthropoid of existence of what everybody's doing is everybody's got to do the same things it's got to the all hail the almighty hamster wheel of samsara for it dictates our very lives and when you're doing things outside the ordinary and then people you're going to garner attention it's going to you're going to be outcast ostracized and you're doing things your own way, being a maverick. And this can, this doesn't have to be uh, attributed to artists just in general. A painter, an uh, architect, an uh, entrepreneur trying to invent that, find that new uh, way, to, way to bring soap to people. A new, trying to create your new products to the market. You're just, in, and then you're branding and you're, you're taking yourself out of, of the ordinary trying to stand outside of the mundane what everybody's doing the same fucking thing because most entrepreneurs most people most artists most creatives they're always constantly doing the same thing look at me i mean like i'm just doing a podcast everybody's doing a podcast it's 2020 there's 10 gazillion kajillion podcasts out there right now right now it's the thing to do you follow the herd. There's, there's everybody's everybody's doing one thing. I'm I mean, look. I ramble, and I a lot of the things I say are are you know uh, contrary to other things I say. But this is all allegorical. This is, take this all as symbolic, straight to your dome. It's just a revelation, a form-fitting madness that's just jutting out of my my skull. Just mouth diarrhea. Just. Bleh, bleh. And you're just taking it. I'm just, I'm just giving it to you, and you're taking it in your, through your ear holes. Artists need to create and stand aside. When you're, when you're too cookie cutter, nobody's gonna pay attention to you. Nobody cares about the cookie cutter. It's been done a million times before. You go off and do something prosaic, do something profound, and get caught doing something stupid. That's why in the beginning of YouTube, the most, the biggest, the, it was the, the pranksters. It was the pranksters were the biggest thing. Vitaly, he climbed up on top of the Hollywood sign to get attention. He's insane, but he's a freaking, I wouldn't want to hang out with this guy. He's, he's unhinged. He's clearly unhinged. He's got mental, mental problems. And he was always trying to be famous. And he proclaimed desperately that he wanted to be famous, starring in a porn. This guy showed up in, a, in Bang Bros, where the Bang Bus, remember the Bang Bus is where they go, they go around Mal, Malibu. Or no, they go around, uh, I think it was in Miami. Started in Miami. It's a porn, little porn, rinky dink porn company. Started out of a, a bus. They bought like a VW bus. And they tinted the windows and they drive around and quote acted like they pick up girls. Yeah, sure, go figure. Yeah, they go, they drive up to girls. They'd be like, here, I'll give you $700 to come and fuck my buddy. And the guys would get... Vitaly showed up on one of these. He was one of the guys that, that signed up for this. And he couldn't get hard. And made a fool of himself on this porn and his buddy's sitting there screwing this girl, and he's got a little dinky little... You hate it when that happens, you know. It's a, it's a shitty thing that happens, but it happens. 
and it um uh you know it's it's a thing that happens so Vitali had a dinky little experience and it was on it went viral I guess or it was on the internet and I think he it, it ate away at him it chewed away at him so he overcompensated started doing steroids and got freaking yoked and went streaking during the the FIFA World Cup and he's a internet sensation this guy so it's like you brew your your insanity just a little bit don't go too over the top It'll drive you to to kill yourself. Like, think about Arshil Gorky had some demons, man. He survived through the Armenian genocide. He lost his whole family, moved to America. He suffered from some freaking deep, dark demons. The gen- he went through a genocide. That helped him make. That definitely fueled his art career. Picasso, you know, Picasso did not have any demons. I mean, he had a. He was sort of middle class family too. He had to conjure his own demons, and so his was was um, his obsession. He was so focused on his work that it, it consumed his entire life, and it ruined his life nearly because he he produced so much work, and he but he contributed so much to art history. One guy, uh, Picasso's demons were his were his women and his his sin sin creates demons the more that you sin the more demons that you can create and sin is just vice sin is just it's just vice and things that you evil things you can do but don't direct any evil towards other people that's that's just wrong try to direct that evil towards yourself take that take that energy and then that energy but then you have to be like you can't just let that evil consume you because that's how you end up in a rut Always have a, a fulcrum, or what do you call it? A spectrum. What do they call those things? A glass pyramid. A prism. Your prism has to be your craft, your art. The, everything that you create. If you don't have a craft and you haven't, you haven't been been hustling and pushing yourself to become a, a complete professional in your in your craft and your ho- it's not just a hobby it's be- it, let it consume your life if you've if you've jumped from thing to thing to thing to thing it's going to be harder for you to have a prism and when you start taking drugs and you start sinning and you start become and directing evil toward yourself in order to get your creative juices going and flowing then it's going to be way harder to get out of you. you'll just you'll just crash and burn man you don't have a prism to to filter all of that negative energy that you've been pinting up it's just been building up it could be anger you it could be anything it's just any sort of vice and evil that you that you direct towards yourself punching yourself david cho is uh you know he's a great He's a great model. He's one of my favorite. You go on www.thecultmachine.com, my my website, and thecultmachine.com, and there's a nice little uh, expose on how David Cho is one of the greatest art. He's turned life his art. Life is his art. Okay, he's a painter, but life is is downright the art of David Cho. And his vices were just his outlook on life. He he developed some. He had attention deficit. He was a, a crook. Cro- he hung out with some bad people, just acting like a sleazeball and sinning. It was just sin, 
sin bred him and he became a multimillionaire because his art was fantastic and he just he pushed himself to the max you have to have that edge get to that edge find it take it by the horns but you have to have your prism you can't just go willy-nilly into the into the fray without having some sort of a uh, uh, some some sort of craft that you've honed you could be good at it just get to a point and then just just focus all your energy into that you have to gain pent up build up those demons it could be jealousy it could be gluttony it could be anything and just fill up those demons uh and then and then just focus it through the prism but it has to be a good prism it has to you have to be using it for the forces of good never use it for the forces of evil because if you put evil through evil it won't filter right it'll come out as, as shit it'll just come out as a, another just amorphous turd a turgid piece of crap you gotta you gotta you in order to create beautiful energy you have to have demonic freaking evil energy and then filter it you every single water that you get everything that you drink has been filtered every water there's no water that you can get that's just it, it's all scum every water on the planet is just scum dirty disgusting it's only through the the it's dirty. It's got this. You're gonna get dysentery. You're gonna get one of those little weebles that shoots up your urethra and lays eggs in your bladder and then gives your makes your dick fall off. You're gonna get one of those every single. You want one of those, but then you you turn that into clean water. Good. You get a filter. Your filter is gonna be your craft, and you you hone in on that one thing, and that thing is how you. You manage your demons. You you line them up in a row and you shoot them all off, and it turns into something beautiful. You can't turn something. You can't turn something beautiful unless it was first ugly. It has to first be ugly before you can turn it beautiful. You have to go to sleep before you can be awakened. You don't just have one myopic, uh, univocal thing going on. You gotta have the other side to the hand clapping. And that's my spiritual expose on artists needing to have a spiritual uh, awakening. So go to www.thecultmachine.com. This is the cult cast. I am your host, Sensei Rolo. All hail the machine. <laughs>